Ground ball to shortstop. Kim will go to first. The San Diego Padres get their first no-hitter in the history of the franchise. And McNeil drives one deep right field. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Not What It Seems, where we talk about baseball. So I think the biggest story, the home run race that we were all expecting this year between Ryan McMahon and Tyler Naquin, they're going punch for punch. Five each. Five each, man. Uh, No, apparently. Listen, I mean, McMahon's playing in chorus, so it wasn't really like he thought it was definitely to happen, but hey, that's cool for him. And Naquin, out of nowhere. (laughs) No. I didn't even realize that he was on Cincinnati. I thought he was still on Cleveland. (laughs) No, I had no idea where he was. But so today we have have a lot to talk about. I feel like a lot happened in this last week. We have some gross pitching performances. We have a new segment we'll be doing, Junk Ballers of the Week. Obviously, Musgrove we'll get to in a bit. We will Mm -hmm. have a new segment where we will talk about if a certain performance by a player is what it seems or not what it seems, can they keep it up or is it just a fluke? Coors Field is named the new site of the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Games. I'm excited for that. I'm excited, man. No, dude, that's going to be sick. They're going to be like 500 feet each one. We got Dodgers receiving World Series rings. We have injury stuff. So we got a lot to talk about. First, going over the pitching performances of this week. Joe Musgrove was a Friday night through the yeah. first no-hitter in Padres history. He threw it in Texas, nine innings, 10 Ks, one hit by pitch. It was pretty sick. It was awesome. Musgrove is on my fantasy team too. So Same. I was pretty high yeah, that. right. Yeah. So He's that's like my awesome. third best starter too. So I was like pretty yeah. happy. Listen, man, I, I thought he was going to be great. He was obviously good in Pittsburgh last year. And going to a place like San Diego is just going to – boosts you up when you're pitching with guys like Snell and Darvish too. And it's awesome that he's from San Diego. I was actually, I didn't know that. And I was listening to a podcast the other day that he was guest on and he was saying that he's from San Diego and stuff, which is cool. Listen, they were the last team that hadn't gotten a no hitter or a perfect game. So it was, it it had to happen. And uh, the only thing that would have made it better for Musgrove is if he did it in San Diego at the home stadium, but Hey, Mm -hmm. you can't pick and choose. So it's awesome. The one hit by pitch, too. It wasn't even a walk or anything. Like, that sucks, too. But that was cool. Dude, that rotation is, like, disgusting. And they're missing, like, half of it right now. But even just the the trio they have right now of Darvish, Blake Snell, and him. And Chris Paddock has been okay. Right, yeah, Chris Paddock, too. I I will say, too, the first no-hitter in, like, a team's history is a big deal. Because when the Mets did this, it was 2012 with Santana. It was was emotional. It's not just like, oh, yeah, it's like a cool accomplishment. No, like, it's it's a big deal. So I was happy to see that for them. Yeah, it's awesome. I I think the Mets were the last team, aside from San Diego, to get there first, right? I think you guys were the last two. And then it took – that was 2012. It took nine more years. I mean, that's crazy. No, dude. Especially because of the good pitchers that have gone through there. You know, a guy like Big Game James, you thought he might have. <laughs> no, yeah. If it wasn't for Bartolo, maybe his whole career would have been different. So, you know. No, that's true. Bartolo would be the one. Yeah. <laughs> so, Padres fans, happy for you. Next up, John Gray flirting with a no hitter at home against Arizona. He went six and two thirds. And that's the, along with Bauer, it's two no hit bids. At Coors so far this season. That's crazy. I mean, I, I bet that's never happened before in, like, the span of a week. Dude, that rotation's been nice, though. Like, I, I've been telling you that, man. I've been, like, you have. I told you a while ago. And I, a lot of people had them in the tank. And I, I even had them finishing last 
in the division, in my opinion. But I said, if this rotation could do something, watch out. Because at home, like you said, Gray's been great. Sensatella was awesome the other day against Arizona as well. Marquez is awesome. And Freeland's not even there right now. Gomber actually pitched very well in San Francisco the other day. I'm pretty sure he went like seven or eight innings. That's pretty cool. I I know that John Gray exited his first start too because he had like body tightness or it was like Some his whole body cramped, cramped. Like that, yeah, yeah, whatever it was. So it was good to see him go out there and pitch this good. He's kind of always had that potential too. Like we've talked about, if he was pitching in a different stadium, yeah. his whole career might have been different. So hopefully he can put it all together this year. That'd be great because he's also a free agent after the season. So oh, okay. he can get traded somewhere and really help out the team. So. Yeah, no, definitely. Pitchers, of course, feels killing it. Garrett Cole striking out 13 over seven innings. Not unlike him to do it, but. No, but it was the first time he struck out 13 in a Yankees uniform. So it was arguably his best pitching performance as a Yankee against Baltimore. Too. I was going to say, was so... it against Baltimore? <laughs> it was against That's still... Baltimore. No, Baltimore yeah. has actually been all right so far this season. Yeah, we've kind of destroyed Baltimore for the past like four years, whatever it's been all the time. So yeah. it's not like it was unexpected, but it was still cool nonetheless, obviously, for me. I'm a Yankees fan, so it was great. Against Baltimore, it's just that happens, you know? <laughs> no, you got to be up to bad teams. Yeah. And then lastly, we don't have to touch on this too long because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to, but Jacob DeGrom right. having two dominant starts yesterday, striking out 14 over eight innings. That was amazing. Did you know that that was tied for his like strikeouts in a game record, 14? No. That's the highest he's ever gone. And he did it again for the third time. He'd done it three times, and I think he's lost all of the games that he did it in. Or he didn't yeah, lose. Yeah, we know think, Jazz or he did, yeah. Jr. always just beats you. That's always the guy you're looking out for. So. Dude, did you see the swing, too? That pitch was, like, above his head at 100, which, good for him. I mean, it was crushed, but that sucks Same. for DeGrom. So. But still, I mean, you guys couldn't fucking give him a run? Jeez. That's just, like, even with Lindor, you think that wouldn't happen. Hopefully the narrative fucking changes with him. Hopefully, like, the next... 30 starts he has, you guys score like 10 runs. And this is just like in the past. <laughs> I can't see it coming. No. No, more I things change, either. more things stay the same. Poor Jake. And anyway, I wanted to actually ask, was, uh, was McCann catching both of his starts too? Or no? Do you know? I think so. He's been catching That's... basically every game, I think. Not that it would change the way DeGrom does, but it's nice to see that he's been pitching good when DeGrom – I mean, he's been catching DeGrom well on calling right, games. Right, to the new guy, yeah. Along, so. We'll see. Next segment, uh, we want to talk about performances so far that we think are going to last, or are they just are they just a fluke? So first, the Cincinnati Reds offense. What do you think? Man, uh, that's like something that was completely different last year for them. You remember? Their offense sucked. Trash. And, uh, you always wondered why. I mean, Castellanos had a bad year last year. Mustakis had a bad year. Votto had a bad year. Suarez even had a bad year. This year... Castellanos is like taking the league by storm and it's awesome, man. I love the confidence. He's overly confident and, uh, no, I, I like it. I think, I think it's going to last, man. I do. I think, you know, Mustakis is a leader, man. He's won a world series before. Vado's a leader. They got some young guys. This guy, Jonathan India has been a stud at second base. Um, mm. I mean, I, Tucker Barnhart's actually been pretty decent. But, um, he's a catcher there. I think it lasts. Castellano said something that really resonated with me in one of his interviews. He said he's lost his whole career and he's tired of it. So what better way than to hype up your team and really perform well? He's been one of the best offensive players in the first 10 days of the year. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much how we hit back in the day. It was kind of weird that he had an off season. But what do you think about the offense? I think I think if it's going to last, they're going to be legit. 
central contenders then if, if the rotation of Gray and Castillo is going to perform like we think they are. I, I, I think so. I, I, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. They're, they're just like too talented to play like they did last year. So even if they cool off a little bit now, they're, they're still going to put up big numbers. It's almost like last year was just a fluke out of nowhere. But again, a lot of players had 60 fluky games. Seasons. Like we say that exactly. a lot. And again, like we talk about players having fluky seasons last year. It just so happened that every player on the Reds offense had a fluky season last no, year. No, apparently. So great to see them doing good. They're doing this good too. Obviously, we're talking about the offense here, but Sonny Gray hasn't even pitched yet. He's been on the right. injured list. So Castillo has been great. I mean, they keep this up for like another month. I'm thinking they're going to win the whole thing in the, in the central. I think they look better than St. Louis right now. They look better than Milwaukee, and they look better than Chicago offensively. So, But you never know. It could only be like first week of the season could kind of crash back down to earth a little. So we'll see. We'll see. It's a small sample size alert, but we'll see. Yeah. Next up, the Phillies bullpen. Yeah, they kind of actually have gone a little downhill the past few days, but we've talked about on the last podcast how they look great uh, opening weekend. Like, I think – I think it's what it seems, man. I think that they're going to be legit. Archie Bradley, they have proven guys back there. Uh, you know, we talked about Hector Neris, Jose Alvarado. little iffy with control sometimes, actually, but I still like that trade. There's just no way they're going to be, like, seven ERA. So I think it's no. legit. Even if the ERA climbs, like, above four for the bullpen, I think still that's serviceable compared to what they had last year, in my opinion. They look better than I thought. Yeah, yeah. I think um, they'll they'll come back to earth a little bit. They're, they're going to keep sliding down, but they'll still be better. They pitched well against you guys too, didn't they? In the opening series, the bullpen, or yeah, yeah, yeah. no, they they were better than I thought. Yeah, so we'll see. It's just a tough division, so like we've talked about. <laughs> and last but not least, perhaps the biggest surprise performance so far: Akil Badu on the Detroit Tigers had in the first week of games a three thirteen van average. And a 1.165 OPS. Is he legit? It seems so. I mean, I'm going to say yes, absolutely. This kid has been a stud, man. I, I mean, he just he had a walk-off hit. From? I, I did no idea who he was before. I, he was but... just in the Detroit minor league system, I think. And I was actually doing some research. They, A lot of people around the organization think he's like the real deal. I don't even know what he was ranked prospect-wise. I don't even know if he was ranked in the top 100 prospects, to be honest with you. But he's been playing all over the place. He's played left field, right field, and center field. He's shown that he's good in the field. He threw a guy out at second the other day, and then I'm pretty sure he had the walk-off hit later in the game. He's two homers so far, seven RBIs. He looks like a stud, and he's bringing a lot of energy to Detroit. I think that is what they need from the young guys there if they want to kind of turn the page here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think... Yeah, honestly, I don't, I don't even know what to think of him, honestly. But, hey, it's a bright spot for yeah. for a struggling team. So Yeah, and Detroit's actually looked okay like this year. They're, I don't know where they are in the standings, but they don't look like they're getting run over. I mean, I like a course, lot of teams have looked like that. Even, like, Baltimore right. and, like, other teams are kind of just, like, I mean, again, yeah. it's, we're, we're talking about really small sample size, but they look better than we thought. And I've seen, too, like, yeah, teams like Pittsburgh has kind of crushed the Cubs a couple times, like, on opening yeah. day. And I think I think yesterday they did, too. So kind of some surprise teams this year. It's kind of nice. But, again, it's the first 10 days. So. Yeah. So we'll see if they can keep it up. Yeah. Next up, Coors Field is the new site for the 2021 All-Star Game and Home Run Derby after it was moved out of Atlanta. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a dream scenario from the home run derby standpoint. So that's no, really awesome. Um, it hasn't happened there, right? 
And they've been around once. Oh, one. In ninety six okay. or ninety eight, I think. Gotcha. Because I remember seeing the video. I think um, Griffey might have been part of the first home run derby there. I think some good guys were part of it. I don't remember exactly. Hey, it's going to be fun <laughs> to say the least. You got guys in the league, as we've seen who have hit some of the farthest baseballs we've ever seen at Coors Field in a game. So think about like a batting practice scenario when there's going to be fans there too. It's going to be a packed house. It's going to be cool. As we know, there's eight guys in the home run derby, one, four, usually four from each league, but that actually hasn't been the case recently. They've kind of just put the guys they want in there. So we're going to go back and forth here and each get four guys. And we're going to have our eight total guys that we would want to see absolutely destroy baseballs into the atmosphere in Denver in July. So who you got for your first pick there? Who was going to be like, the best show? I feel like it's an easy one, but I got to go G. I got to go Stanton. <laughs> I know, yeah, a few years ago, he hit like a, close to 500 foot. It might have been over 500. Yeah, it was, five, it was 506. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so. think – I see, the problem is I feel like a lot of these guys wouldn't want – they've already done this before. And, like, it's just kind of like a one- or two-time thing. But, like, if we're just going dreams from there, yeah, Stanton's going to be my first guy. I got a feeling yeah. he would do it. I, I got a feeling G would do it, to be honest. I, hope so. I really do. He loves it when he was in San Diego. And I think he did it one other year, too. I mean, I don't know. I think he's going to do it. But for me, I've kind of got an interesting pick here, I think. But a lot of people might do the same pick. I'm going Shohei Otani. I have a feeling you're going to say that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I always try to go the unique way. Listen, he would be the first pitcher, although he is a hitter too, the first pitcher, though, to compete right, in a home run point. derby. And, I mean, we saw, you guys saw in the last podcast, the video of him hitting the homer in the game that he started. That just had a different sound off the bat, dude. Like, that dude, was nuts. I mean, it just sounded, Matt Veskirchen had the reaction. I mean, that was crushed. We've seen deep homers from him before. I think he would love it. I'm almost positive. I think he would really enjoy it. Plus, he may get the chance to pitch in the All-Star game, too. So right, kind right. of cool also. That would probably be the first time ever. So Yeah, no, definitely. That would be my my pick right there. Okay, second one? I would say Arenado. Yeah. I think it would be kind of cool to see him come back. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Would he get booed, though, you think? Because he I did don't. request a trade. Yeah, but I think most fans realize how shitty the front office is there. So You know, regardless, it would be a great reaction, whether he got like a stand ovation or just kind oh, of like, yeah. booed the hell out of I think yeah. it'd be cool to see him come back and like put on a show for them. So I would go. That would be really awesome. Yeah, because then he probably have some like Rockies colors on him too, because they're gonna have the. All True. That would be. It would things. be weird to so, see. Yeah. That would be weird. That's a good pick, though. That would be really cool. My second pick, I guess it's it's kind of obvious too. He hits the ball a mile every time he hits a homer, but I'm going Joey Gallo. I'm going with the two power lefties. You're going two power righties so far. That's kind of funny, actually. Listen, Gallo. We've seen Gallo hit absolute tanks in Globe Life Park, now in Globe Life Field, too. He's just a beast. He's huge. Him and Stanton in the finals would be pretty – it would be something to watch. So, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Okay, third one. I'm going to go Vlad. I think Vlad Mm – I mean, we've already seen it two years ago, (laughs) putting on a show. But I I feel like it would be great to see him at Coors. What do you hit, like – Total ninety something last time. He was right up there. Crazy. I feel like he just missed the finals, or I, I don't yeah. remember it well. But well, wasn't it against? He went against uh, Pete, didn't he? Oh, was in he in that round? Uh, right. No, I think okay. Pete. They might have been in the finals. I don't even remember, but I think they were. They went against each other at some point. I just know both of them killed it. Yeah, they did. They were both just eating it up. He'd be cool. Um, he he has already shown that like he's gonna 
like entertain during it too. So yeah. I think he'd be like the perfect guy there. Plus, who won it? Pete Alonso won it last time, right? It was Pete, yeah. So it was like half, ages ago. I know. And I feel like also recently they haven't done the captains thing where like the guy who won it would still be in it. True. Didn't true. they used to do that though? I think so. I was so. going to say, we might have to say Pete, but I don't think that they've done that anymore, which again, yeah. he would be awesome to see in it. But uh, Yeah, no, I mean, Pete's an easy one, definitely, uh, but yeah, I'll go live for my third. Yeah, my third. I got to go with Judge. <laughs> I think if you go Stanton, you got to go yeah. Judge. So, uh, but Judge won the home run derby back in 17 in Miami. So he's obviously shown he can perform pretty well, too. The one thing as a Yankees fan that scares me is that he went into a major slump after he did it last time. I remember that. Yeah. So I would be. Is like, that legit? Because I've heard players say that, like, oh, I'm worried he's going to mess yeah. up the swing. A lot of players have said it, so I would say, um, I guess so. again, as a Yankees fan, I would be pretty scared by that. I'd be begging that it didn't happen. But, yeah. Um, if he could go there and it would be a definite that it wouldn't fuck up his swing, then Judge is my third guy. <laughs> okay. No, that's a great pick. Fourth guy, I'll say we're just talking about him, Castellanos. I yeah. think he's got some oh, flair. Yeah. He's got pop, and yeah. I think he'd be fun to watch. That'd be cool. I would love to see that. Dude, he would put on a show if he, like, beat someone – like, with the last seconds coming, he would do a fucking big bat flip and everything. It would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Has um, he done it before? I feel like he was in it, like, at least once, maybe. I think he might have been, and he did, like, really bad. Yeah. But I think he was. when Maybe when he was on Detroit. I don't know. I think so, though. Right. Well, he'll he'll uh, come back. He'll put up a comeback. Yeah. All right. Well, my last pick, I'm going with the hometown dude if he's still there at the time. Um, I'm picking Trevor Story. I think it would be awesome if he's still a Rocky. He may be the only Rocky that's on the all-star team. We'll see what happens with the rest of the pitching staff. They have looked okay, like we said, but yeah, still, Story might be the only one there. But he also may be traded by then, so we never know true, that. True. But if he's still there, it's always nice to have the hometown guy there for the fans in the home run derby. I think almost every year they've had that, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I you remember Stanton's ovation in Miami. Um, you know, things like that. Todd Frazier when he was with the Reds. You just remember that Harper. Even was, you, uh, I was going to say yeah. Harper in Washington. Yeah, and was it Cespedes at City Field or no? Yeah, I don't think he was a Met at the time though. All uh, right. Yeah, right. He was on the A still. Yeah. Yeah, still. You remember these moments. And um, so I think Trevor Story is obviously he's a great power hitter, and that's his home stadium, man. He's been there for seven years now, so it would be pretty cool to see. Yeah, no, good. So you had mentioned Otani and for your for your derby pick. Yeah. He's had a pretty sick first week. He's batting two ninety-four, one point oh three nine OPS. In his first start, four and two thirds, seven Ks, one point nine three ERA. He threw the hardest pitch and hit the hardest hit ball so far. And he's the first pitcher to bat second in a lineup. Since 1903. Yeah, uh, Liam, those are some pretty crazy stats there, huh? Um, I mean, one dot OPS, which is awesome, and he pitched amazing. To be the first guy to do something in any conversation that is since 1903, that means yeah. you're doing something special. So, it's before um, Ruth. It's before Ben. Yeah, that's nuts, dude. Like, I mean, and like we said, the ball he hit was a tank, um, and he's throwing gas like we remember him doing when he first came over here. Obviously, he went through the injuries. And listen, we say 4.2 innings. Some casual listeners may be like, that's not a lot. Like, well, he partly got slid into, and that is partly why they took him out. But it was also his first start of the season. You saw a lot of guys not go their full uh, potential the first start of the season. So um, 
And he looked great. Seven strikeouts through four and two thirds. I mean, come on. That's like pretty legit. Um, and I mean, I just, he's just fun to watch. And, you know, him in that lineup is just great to see. And Joe Madden is just doing a great job figuring out what to do with him with his workload. I think this is the year that he's finally like figured out what to, how to play every day as a DH and then pitch. Um, so. I hope so. Now, was he scrapped today? Like, from the line of right. Yeah, right? so, unfortunately, he was scratched from his start today. But, actually, I saw that that game got uh, canceled because of rain anyway. Oh, gotcha. So, that actually just got announced a little while ago. Um, but he did get scratched from the start today. I think he has a blister on his throwing hand or something. But, but no one freak out here. <laughs> um, he is scheduled to throw a bullpen tomorrow. So, even before the rain, the rain out, he was scheduled to throw a bullpen tomorrow, which is good news. Right. Um, like, I think they're probably still trying to keep him on, like, the every Sunday uh, pitching thing. That way he's in the lineup all the other days. Um, so, we'll see. But if he throws well on Monday, maybe he'll even start, like, earlier in the week before Sunday next week. He could possibly do that. Um, we'll see the way they want to go with it. But I think they like to also have him on, like, prime time or at least on the weekend. True. So, um, true. We'll see what the Angels' schedule is next week, but they'll right. probably want him to pitch against the toughest team they have. So, Yeah. By the way, Angels are tied for first right now in that West yeah. division. So, I mean, we had, I don't know, we had guessed up the A's a lot. A's look like shit right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. again, it's early, and they could win, like, 12 out of 15 easy, but, like, looking good. Angels looking good. Yeah, I mean, we're, uh, we're no geniuses over here picking the A's, and they look pretty no. shitty, but... Yeah, they they uh, lightened up a little against the Astros. Olsen had a big homer. Um, the Montas pitched pretty well, but yeah, Angels are tied with Houston, six and three record. This is what everybody's hoping for, dude. The Angels to make the playoffs. It's just like so big, and the first week of the season, it looks like it could possibly happen. I mean, it's great. I mean, I'm a big fan. I think it's sustainable if their pitching holds up. You know, you never yeah, know. Big question. It's a big F there, but Bundy looked great in his starts. Um, Otani obviously looked good. You know, Andrew Heaney, questionable. Alex Cobb, He looked good the other day. He did, yeah. And, again, he's but a he's lefty. Streaky, he is very streaky. And it's like if, if he's good, he's a good lefty to complement all the righties in the rotation. It's just a big F. Um, right. They got this kid, Griffin Canning, who's looked pretty well, too. Uh, he's looked good so far. So, you know, their bullpen has been good. Iglesias has turned out to be a good move. Being they look good, because I think he's gotten a few saves. And they've kind of held their own against good teams so far, too, which is, like, they haven't just played a bunch of shitty teams. They opened up against the White Sox. Right. Um, I know they just, they got rained out today in Toronto, but they were playing Toronto this weekend. I forget who they played in between, but still, they've, they've looked good. And I think they're going to, I think they're going to be at least in the conversation Come September. Yeah. And uh, so speaking of the Blue Jays, um, it was actually just announced, I think, earlier today that um, there's going to be some renovations getting done within the next, like, week or two up in Buffalo in Salem Field where they played last year. And I think they're going to head back up there and play the rest of their home games there um, for the rest of the season. Uh, Damn. Which sucks. Yeah, I mean, we hope maybe COVID will allow them to go back to Rogers Center at some point, but... Also, I do think Salem Field is better than where they're playing at their spring training complex. Um, it, it was mm -hmm. cool last year. And they, the thing that was, I think was interesting was that, like, Bichette 
Vigio, Guerrero, and all of those guys had grown up hitting there in AAA. Oh, okay. So they knew, like, they know how power-friendly it is. They know how to play the field. They know, like, the caroms in the outfield, whatever. Yeah, they're comfortable and in that, yeah. So I think that was kind of a big thing that helped them because I think they had, like, an absurd record there last year, insanely above 500 at home. And uh, Salem Field. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool. And I think so. Obviously, their AAA team does play there. And I think it was announced that the Bisons are going to play in, in a stadium in New Jersey now. I don't know if the AAA team is going to share another AAA stadium or something. I don't really know how it's going to work, but yeah. they will not be sharing Salem Field with the AAA team. Obviously, that wouldn't really be possible. Yeah. So, um, but that's kind of cool. I think it's uh, kind of interesting. I'm glad at least Buffalo is pretty close to Toronto, but there's no going back and forth, right? Like, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking um, from like a family perspective, like the players of their families up in Toronto. Uh, did, yeah. did everyone just um, like move to Buffalo then? I, I don't know. I don't really know how it works. I know they don't want players there, but it, I guess maybe also depends on like who's vaccinated, things like that. Yeah. Um, I don't really know, honestly, but. I just tough so, on the players. I mean, it makes it sense. I'm not, I don't think it's like wrong no, I I or whoever's in charge, but yeah. yeah, that sucks. But I mean, again, I think it's better than being in Dunedin, Florida. So no, you're, absolutely. You're the Toronto yeah. Blue Jays. You should be playing near Toronto at least near Toronto. Big, you would think somewhat <laughs> close to it. Big but, upgrade. You know, again, I think uh, we all hope that Rogers Center is a possibility come August, September, which it could be. And that would be yeah. great because, again, we talked about how I love that stadium. A lot of people do. It's a really cool place. So. That's going to be like an emotional return. Yeah. When, when they finally get back there, where it's the end of this yeah. season or next season, that's going to be a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it will be. Um, you know, speaking of, like, emotional returns, it was kind of a good thing for fans of Dodger Blue uh, this past right. weekend. They got to see their boys uh, mm-hmm. get the World Series rings. Looked pretty awesome. Uh, I, I actually forgot. I, I'd seen a tweet. It was like Mookie gets his first standing ovation by the Dodgers. They had never seen him play. Right. They never in person. I, I, I totally forgot uh, about that because it feels like you've just been there for so long now. It does. And I guess, like, you could say that there were some Dodger fans in Arlington that saw him, but true, that's not the true. same thing. Um, so it was pretty cool. Uh, it was awesome. I mean, they got, you know, whenever the team wins the World Series, their home openers, they got, like, the gold outline gold around the numbers and the, the names and stuff. Those are pretty which, clean. I like those. Those look clean, man. Those are cool. Um, I remember, like, yeah, the Nats did it last year. Those are they're always cool, whatever team does it. Um, yeah. And they deserve it, man. It was 30-something years, whatever, since 1988, since they had won the World Series. So these fans have been waiting for a long time. And it was great to see that there were fans there being able to appreciate it because it was a lot different for the guys in D.C. last year when they had their home opener and there were unfortunately true, no true, fans. True, true, yeah. There. No, um, they deserve it after yeah. the ridiculous season that was last season and yeah. just how hard it was even just to win it on the road, you know, away yeah. from L.A. But I just no, always think about, them. like, how hard it how, – how, like, not hard. I mean, how weird it must be maybe for, like – the players who are now a part of the Dodgers that are like a part of the ceremony and they wear those jerseys that true, were worn true, on the yeah. team. Like, I don't know if you think about, I mean, a guy like Trevor Bauer, for example, I mean, like, yeah, he he's just kind of like standing there like, oh, that's yeah. cool. He's like, wow, I wish I would have been on the team last year. <laughs> yeah. 
And it must be weird too for the guys that have to get it like mailed to them or whatever they do. Uh, yeah, when, when they give like it to key, them, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It, yeah. I saw like he, he had a funny Instagram post about like wanting to be there, and like it sucks, yeah. man, because he was such a big part of the team. There were so many guys that were obviously the Dodgers kept a lot of their guys, but yeah, you know, or a guy like Jock who's over in Chicago now. Um, mm. What I what I've seen though too, I think sometimes when the road players come, if they're in the National League, like Jack will obviously go to Dodger Stadium at some point this year. So I think they'll, and they'll give it to him there. there. Okay. But a guy like Kike is not going to be at Dodger Stadium at all this year. True, so true. um I don't know if you know, it's just weird, man. I always think about how it must be like uncomfortable for guys if they weren't on the team or I don't know. Yeah, Speaking it was good Broward, to see it back though. The um, first ceremony with fans in a while yeah. like that. So um yeah, that was cool. And uh, speaking of Trevor Bauer, there were some things going on about his last start in Oakland. Did you see anything about the balls he was using being, like, investigated? So, I – it seems to me like the league's trying to single him out with this. Because, uh-huh. correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, pitchers have done this now for a few years. Like, this isn't necessarily yeah. a new issue. And now all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we're going to – we got to crack down on this guy, like – hmm, I don't know. Is there anything to do with the fact that the league hates Bauer and Bauer hates the league? I don't know. I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that that had a lot to do with it. <laughs> um, you know, we, we, we've we seen the league, like, say he couldn't wear certain cleats. I think, what were they going to have? Like, something about Houston or Joe Kelly was on it, them or something. It was the free Joe Kelly cleats. Right, yeah. And, like, that would have been awesome. That's we're dope. all about, like, let the kids play. Let them, like, embrace what they're wearing on, like, Players Weekend. Oh, no, you can't do that. Dude. Like, come on, give him a break. I mean, he's he's Trevor Bauer, so he's, you know. I'm really interested to see what happens because I saw that, like, his argument about it, too, was that other guys have, like, sticky pine tar, whatever, like, on their uniforms. We've seen, like, Yadier Molina got a ball stuck to his chest protector one year. <laughs> You know, I don't know if it was on his chest plate or if it was from the pitcher. I mean, guys in the outfield could even have things on their hats to grip the ball better. Like, they might – I don't know, whatever. Or the batter could have fouled a ball off where the pine tar is and gotten pine tar on the ball. I mean, you never know. It's like they were singling him out, and there's a lot of other scenarios where it could have happened. Obviously, the easiest scenario is that he was using something. But there are definitely. And he very well might have been. I just don't like how he was the one targeted. And it's too. It's I, I know they kind of like made the rules stricter this year, but like it's been a rule to like not use foreign substances, or like it's. I feel like it's almost been more of an unwritten rule where you can use them if no one sees them. Like yeah, something yeah. like not exactly. But remember, like when my my guy Michael Pineda on the Yankees right. had like on his fucking neck. Like, yeah, obviously Very you're getting thrown out of the game, dude. But, like, I know. I think guys have even talked about, like, on the MLB Network, there are guys that have talked about how when they were playing, they used stuff on, like, their belt buckle. Mm-hmm. They had things or on the the brim of their hat is, like, the spot that a lot of people, I think, had stuff. Um, again, I, I agree with you. I don't like how they singled out Bauer here because there's got to be so many other pitches league-wide that – went through the same thing. I mean, they, they use the same, whatever. I don't know, you know. It's the same league that keeps on juicing their baseballs, too, and, like, just changing the ball every year. So, I don't know. It's it's stupid. Yeah. It's kind of like they just, I don't know. They, I just don't agree with the way they handle certain things. I mean, no. it's just, Bauer, hopefully nothing comes of this, because if it does and, like, they suspend him or something, he's going to be up in arms, man. He's going to be pissed. 
Oh, yeah. And rightfully so. And even though the player's back, though. I mean, I feel like a lot of players don't like him. But, like, in that case, like, the players' union, the guys around him, they'd totally be pissed as well. I don't like that. So many players just don't like Bauer. Like, I get he's a fucking hot personality, but he loves baseball, man. He's not, like, doing anything to be a detriment to the game. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, he makes it fun. I feel like the stuff on him is overblown. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, so we're just going to talk about now some injury updates. Um, first week of the season, you hate to see injury updates already. But, you know, one of the big ones, uh, it's not even really recent news now, but this came out like the day our last podcast episode came out that night. Um, Tatis Jr., I think he, like, dislocated his shoulder or – It was some weird name for the injury, but I think it was basically like a partial dislocation. Did you see? Did you see the swing, man? It looked painful. Um, Dude, it reminded me of. Do you remember Michael Conforto doing that a few years ago? Yeah, I where do. he just like blew out his arm on a swing. Yeah. Like it's. That so, looked exactly like that. Yeah. Dude, that's so whack. It's I almost think. like he just swung too hard. I mean, like, because you know, he swings his ass off, but yeah. I mean, you just saw like he he came around, man, and he like just buckled over. It was like bad. Um, they're going to try to avoid surgery, though, it looks like. I was watching some games yesterday, and, like, he was taking BP at Globe Life Field or part, wherever um, in Texas. He looked fine. I mean, if I'm A.J. Preller, I'm letting him rest as long as he has to rest. I don't know why they seem to be rushing him, but, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'd be, I mean, they need him, but, yeah, got to be careful with him as well if you're not going to do surgery. Yeah. So... We'll see. Who knows? I mean, they may even surprise us, and he may be back when he's first eligible. I don't know. I think that'll be sometime next week. Uh, yeah. So hopefully he just relaxes a little, though, and comes back at full health. That would be great. So, yeah, no, please. Um, like the last you know, a couple, you go down. couple other smaller injuries here. Um, I guess not smaller, but the lesser-known guys. Uh, James Paxton, who just resigned a one-year deal with Seattle this year after being with us in the Bronx for two seasons. Um, he's has Tommy John surgery recommended, which really? kind of makes Yankees fans happy. We didn't sign him back because he was an option to sign back. And like, you know, I, you hate to see Tommy John, but, um, no, I think that's first, been his whole career. Just, yeah, it has. Can't stay healthy. Obviously yeah. like he's thrown a no hitter before he's been great when he's actually on the field. Yeah. It's just injury bug has really gotten to him over the years. So, uh, We'll see. I saw that he was going to get a second opinion most of the time when TJ's recommended, though. Other than Masahiro Tanaka, most guys just get it. Sure. So, um, kind of got lucky there. Um, but, yeah, that sucks for Paxton. Um, also, a guy on uh, your guys' squad, J.D. Davis, was put on the I.L. after getting hit on the hand yep. or the wrist. Uh, that kind of looked like it hurt. <laughs> so, Freaking um, fluky-ass injuries. All these fucking hit by pitch wrist injuries on like the hand or the wrist, I just hate because like there's nothing to do to avoid them. Um, it happened to Judge a few years ago and got him out for like the entire second half. I mean, it's just you hate yeah. to see that. So it looks um, like VR is gonna Jonathan VR will cover third for a little bit. Is he? He. I think so. That's why we talked about you guys' depth though a lot. Um, VR is a good player, so. Yeah, that, that's a decent replacement. I'll take you know, that for the switch for the time switch hitter. Here. He's fast. 
Um, doesn't have the same power as JD, I don't think. But um, no. otherwise, I think he's a good uh, guy to sub in for now. Yeah. I, I also saw that Davis doesn't look like he's going to be out for like an extended period. The X-rays came back negative, so I think they're just right. like going to give him some time to rest here. Um, so I think it's almost a given that he's going to come back when he's at first eligible. So yeah, another one. Uh, this was a guy who had just signed in Milwaukee, Colton Wong, which is placed on the IL with a left oblique strain. Um, he wasn't hitting very well either at this point. So you wonder if they kind of were just giving him like a little bit of a break. Got to get him to get his shit together. Um, obviously, yeah. Wong is a better fielder than he is a hitter. Although we've talked about how we think he was going to hit better in Milwaukee. So, uh, We'll hope that he gets back soon. It's not really a timetable on him yet. And um, for the Twins, Josh Donaldson, JD, third baseman, um, looks like he's going to return when he's first eligible this Monday, um, mm-hmm. which is going to probably be when this episode is releasing. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, it didn't look good, man. It looked like when he got hurt, his hamstring, he was just fucking limping. It was like every year he hurts his calf or something. Uh, he's getting like, older, was, too. Yeah. It's like the the Twins need, like, two DH spots for Donaldson and for Cruz, you know? Sure. Because they got these two older guys who are, like, awesome hitters, and, like, they don't have room to put them both at a DH, so. Yeah. Um, but hopefully this will be the last of Josh Donaldson's injuries because we know what he can do in the clubhouse, man. Uh, yeah. With Toronto, he just has a lot of energy, a lot, a lot of fire out there. So uh, hopefully he comes back and he doesn't get hurt the rest of the year. Um, and – the last one I want to mention, Judge has actually played in the game today and yesterday in Tampa, but he – so he was out for the last game against Baltimore, which was Wednesday, and he was out on Friday in Tampa because he had general side soreness, but then, like I said, he ended up playing the past two days. And I also don't understand why they played him the past two days because of the turf monster – a lot of people may not be familiar, but the Yankees and Tropicana Field do not mix very well because they get injuries or they fucking kill us there. I mean, whatever you want to do. And to play judge in right field, I mean, knock on wood, he's been fine so far. But that was kind of a risky move to me. I mean, there's been a whole weird timeline. For anyone that's followed the Yankees over the years, you've seen how our management has, like, talked about him with injuries and regarded things that he's gone through. He was under the weather, apparently, for the last few days of spring. So he didn't play in the last three or four days of spring training. Then in the first week, he was playing right field every day, and he was defensively replaced twice, which we were up big in both games. So you can look at it as they're just trying to get him off his feet. Okay. Then he DH'd the game after that, which Boone said he wanted to give Stan a day off. Fine. That's okay. Then he sat out two games because of the general side soreness. In my opinion, I think he's been battling something for a long time now. Since he sat out because he was under the weather in spring training. I think he's been battling something since then. I think it's his oblique, obviously, because general side soreness, that means oblique. I just wish that the Yankees management or Boone or they would just come out and tell us what's going on from the beginning. Yeah. It just seems like every year they do this to us. They say, Oh, he just has a little bit of a sore hamstring. And then he's out for like two months with a hamstring. They have been kind of weird with it. I remember a couple of times now where Mm -hmm. they've gone back and forth. 
Yeah, I guess they're just in a weird spot too because like you guys have been struggling. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, just playing around like 500 balls so far. So I yeah. feel like that's why they're more aggressive in playing him. But I just, you know, you wonder like because there was a lot made during the offseason of Judge and Stanton working out with, uh, I don't remember, we got a new trainer, Eric Cressy. We got a new trainer. And yeah. he was apparently like doing a lot of yoga with them and things like that to get their muscles better. And then all of a sudden, he has got the fucking side soreness. So is he like asking Boone, Booney, like, don't, don't say that I'm hurt. Like, I'll be fine. I just, cause like I was promising them that I was better. And it's like, or is, is Boone trying to hide it? Or like, is Cashman trying to tell Boone to be like, look, we don't want the fans up our ass. So try to hide this. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't That's know. A good point. Maybe it is from Judge's perspective. He doesn't want to appear. And like, I, I understand that from his perspective too, because he wants to be on the field and like, we talk about fluke injuries. Judge, like, he broke his wrist, like I said. He's, he's gone through some fluky stuff. He's also gone through some muscular things. So, I don't know. I just – he was off to a fantastic start to the season, too, man. He was hitting, like, 364, I'm pretty sure, um, 1.028 OPS. I mean, I, and I think, too, he might have been okay, and then he pulled a homer, which might have aggravated the oblique. He was seen in the past with Judge that he does things like that, and, like, when he pulls a homer, it goes, like – fucking deep but then he like is hurt the next day i don't know what they have to do to fix him i just no, hope that like, this isn't an ongoing thing again no the guy's like six seven two sixty and just <laughs> can't stay on the field i mean again he has played the past two days so yeah. i'm hoping that he's fine he he's looked okay he hasn't he kind of cut off fucking rhythm sitting out two days and he hasn't looked great in the tampa series Obviously, no one on our team has really looked good. Today, last I checked, we were tied 4-4 in the eighth, so I don't really know what the score is now. But um, still, I mean, I don't know. I just – I would wish – I hope they would be honest with us about Judge because he's the best player on our team. So, you know, I don't know. I just think – No, it's big. They, hopefully he's fine. That's all I got to say. <laughs> no, right. By the way, yeah. it's now on top of 10th. So. Oh. Right. Another extra inning game. Nice. We got the fucking runners on. Maybe that will help us out for once. No, that could be. We lost to Baltimore in like the 12th inning or something because of the guy starting at second. When, no. uh, they were the road team. So we're the road team here. Let's uh, hope for the best. <laughs> no, you would hope. Yeah. Uh, so upcoming week of games, what series do you like? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, so there's going to be a lot of good series this upcoming week. Um, I like Nationals at Cardinals in St. Louis at Bush Stadium. Um, I think uh, it's going to be Strasburg and Corbin, I think, will be part of that. Uh, Scherzer's pitching today in L.A., so he won't. But, um, you know, it's, it's two hopeful playoff teams, and uh, they're from different divisions. So I think that's going to be pretty cool. You got Juan Soto. You got Arenado, Goldschmidt, Trey Soto Turner. Soto big game yesterday. Yeah, two homers, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, it's going to be cool because again, like the Nats haven't played the Cardinals in like two years now. So, um, right, right. I think that'll be cool. Um, that's the one I'm looking forward to. That one's going to be from Monday through Wednesday. Got you. Got you. I like this, this upcoming weekend, Friday through Sunday, Padres playing the Dodgers for first time this season. So don't know what the who's lined up yet, but I feel like. Honestly, any combination of those starters will be a great matchup. Yeah. Like you, you um, could see Musgrove going against them after after the no-no. Yeah. 
But, I mean, regardless, where it's Snell, I mean, throwing Bauer on the other side, Kirsch, I thought there's no going wrong. Is it, do you know if it's in LA or is it in San Diego? I do not know. Um, mm. San Diego. San Diego. Okay. So, so that, that'll be a big message. If San Diego can at least win like two out of three or something, um, true. that'll be a message that they're actually there to fucking win this division. So that'll be good. Yeah, no, it's a, no, it's an important opening series. I don't, I'm assuming Tatis isn't going to play just based off the reports on him. But again, like we're saying, we don't know. It's, it's kind of a mystery right now. So, would be great if he did, though. Yeah. And to close out with our stat of the week, we are heading to Boston because J.D. Davis, J.D. Davis, Jesus, J.D. Martinez uh, that's on uh, the became <laughs> the third player to start a season with eight straight games with an extra base hit in history. So previous wow. two were A-Rod in 07 and Sandy Alomar in 97. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, J.D., it's nice to see him back. Because uh, yeah, you know, he, remember he had the off year last year. So I mean, he was sick like two years ago. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, he's so yeah because he's played in Fenway and now this weekend in Baltimore, some hitter friendly stadiums. So um, right, pretty cool. No, it's a good start. Yeah. Well, that that does it for us this week. We will be back next week with a recap of the games and everything going on. Take care. Yeah. See you guys next week.